Welcome to the Build My Online Store podcast, where we discuss everything and anything about running an online store. If you like the podcast, sign up for the mailing list to get news and updates at buildmyonlinestore.com. And now, here's your host, Terry Lynn. Welcome to episode 49 of the Build My Online podcast. I'm your host, Terry, and you're listening to the show where we talk about building an online store to help you get more income, time, and mobility freedom in your life. And today's special guest is Andy Edamati from iImagine Tech. Andy Edamati is the founder and chief technology officer of iImagine, a full-service e-commerce agency based in Irvine, California. iImagine designs, implements, and integrates highly profitable e-commerce enterprise storefronts with the primary objective of increasing revenue and profitability. And I imagine Tech is one of the very few Magento Gold partners in the Pacific West Coast of the United States. So I went to the Magento website and noticed that there are only 12 gold partners in between California, Oregon, and Washington as uh, official partners. So very big deal. Uh, today, Andy's going to talk to us about kind of the platform a little bit and also some of the best practices that he's seen in the industry from working with clients such as HP, Disney, Hard Rock Hotel, uh, Jones Soda, and many more. All right, and before we get started, we have another five-star iTunes review from Old Dog New Tricks. Terry is a good interviewer and has a lot of interesting guests with a lot of information to share. These guys being interviewed are like the boss who is telling you what you need to know to get going on in the real world. Very practical podcast. I love it. <laughs> awesome. And one thing I want to share with you guys before we start is a book I recently stumbled upon called Zag. I heard this on the Internet Business Mastery podcast. It's called Zag, the number one strategy of high performance brands. And the tagline of the book is in a world of extreme clutter, you need more than differentiation. You need radical differentiation. The new rule when everyone zigs, zag. So, why is this important? Uh, in a world where everything changes faster and faster, what worked today? or what worked today or even yesterday very likely won't work tomorrow. And so it's about getting the big picture, your long ball strategy right, kind of to be where the hockey puck is going, not where it's currently at. So whether it's branding for your online store, uh, your marketing strategy, what niche you decide to go into, there are four core elements that he kind of goes through in the book, uh, focus, differentiation, trends, and communication. And so I won't go into too much detail because I'm still going through this book, uh, but one of the taglines uh, kind of in summary is that when focus is paired with differentiation supported by a trend and surrounded by compelling communications you have the basic ingredients for a forward-thinking brand which is what we all need kind of to succeed in the future moving forward so there's also a 17-point checklist he gives to walk you through the whole process. Uh, super interesting stuff that I'm still going through. If you want to check it out, you can get a free audiobook copy if you sign up for a 30-day trial over at Audible, which is the audiobook service by Amazon.com, and the link is buildmyonlinestore.com/audible. Also, link up to a blog post over at Cooler Insights where there's a book summary uh, if you're low on time. So, with that being said, let's get into this week's episode. So let's just get started then. So uh, Andy, thanks for coming on to the podcast. So I've been 
waiting a long time to get someone in the Magento field. So I'm really glad to have you on. So uh, real quick, you know, who are you and uh, what do you do? Thank you very much, Terry. My name is Andy Adamati. I'm the president and CTO of iImagine. We are a Magento Gold Solution partner. We're, we're one of the top partners in the country and one of the top, of course, in, in California. We specialize in, in e-commerce design and implementations and system integration. We work with companies from concept to design to implementation, and we build online stores that actually uh, convert. We focus on achieving business goals with good e-commerce design and efficient implementations that, that are successful. Sounds good. And so can you go a little bit more detail about the gold uh, partnership with Magento? Like, like how many people are in the gold club like you guys? The channel partnership that Magento runs has a gold, a silver, and a bronze status. Smaller agencies with fewer certified developers will either be in the bronze or in the silver. So as the requirements increase, like number of certified developers, number of successful implementations, customer satisfaction, as those requirements increase, so do the status, meaning at the bronze level, there, there are hundreds of, of partners and, and the requirements are very low. In the silver status, the requirements are a couple of certified developers and there's an approval process that Magento puts puts each partner through. And then at the gold level, those those requirements are the highest. So a certain number of certified Magento developers that go through the server side certification process. And to do that, they have to go through a couple of few implementations, learn the source code, be familiar with Send Framework, Magento's API, and then go through an exam, pass the exam, get their certification. Along with that is is a pretty rigorous approval process by Magento to uh, contact past implementations and, and, and customers and find out how those went and if they were successful. There are also some other um, some other requirements as far as business development goals for Magento and eBay to enable the platform to grow and, and expand its, its reach uh, to, to enterprise size and small and medium business sized uh, companies. I see. It's a much different game than a guy you know, just starting a WordPress site and installing WooCommerce, right? <laughs> it, it really is. And, and that's that's a, a really good start, but it is just that. It is a start. Becoming a Magento gold partner or actually uh, operating a business as a gold partner is, is pretty demanding, basically because of the demand for the experience, the expertise, the ability to implement, and then being able to identify risks in different projects and being able to um, to implement successful projects. So projects that once they go live, they're actually up and running, generating sales, helping grow the online business. Mm, I see. And so one way is kind of how Magento can control like their brand as it grows too, right? Like with their partners that can make sure that it has a consistency in the experience too. That's absolutely right. The strength of the Magento brand and product really relies on the gold partners because the gold partners are the top level service providers for the Magento product. So when when new businesses are interested in Magento and they they want an implementation and they want uh, a, their new fancy online store to be rolled out onto Magento, it's going to be a, a Magento solution partner that actually implements the software um, 
customizes it and then delivers it. So the gold partners are very, very important for helping build the Magento brand. Yeah, and so just to let everyone know, you know, your client list is very impressive. I was looking at your website. You have Disney, HP, uh, Toyota, Hard Rock Cafe, and even 99 Ranch, where I used to shop at a little bit. So yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. awesome. Absolutely, thank you. <laughs> so have you always worked with Magento in your career or um, kind of what were your career path in the e-commerce space? Yeah, my career path really started um, back in back in the early 2000 and 2003 when we when I started I imagine and we started with open source solutions we had a very strong technology background really really rooted in development and implementation systems integration and and a lot of the things that happen on the on the server side of things as we matured as an agency and added design talent and project management talent and we we grew so organically during our uh, our path we would implement different open source e-commerce solutions ranging from Miva Merchant and OS Commerce, Ubercart, and all of the different open source softwares that we could download, um, install, test with, and then implement, we would try. In the course of, of that um, path that we've taken into, into e-commerce, we were always looking for good solutions, something that was uh, scalable, something that was robust, something that would really handle a lot of the, the e-commerce work for us, like you know shopping carts and checkouts, but also something that would be uh, scalable so that if we needed to make customizations, we could, we could implement those customizations while keeping the software upgradable. And that was a real challenge in PHP and an open source because most software was really just one, a one-time use software. We would have to download it, implement the project on it and then we would it would be very difficult to apply patches or upgrades because the entire piece of software that we downloaded we had to customize magento came along in, in about 2007 and we we saw it and um, really fell in love with it because it was built on the zend framework it was designed with modules and an extendable and an, in an extendable framework so we could extend Magento's behavior without editing the core of the software which is phenomenal for us and we you know implemented our solutions on it created our own proprietary software that that is used with Magento and built on top of that extended Magento's behavior and it's been really really phenomenal a really phenomenal product awesome it seems like Magento kind of like the e-commerce space I guess like when the internet first came out you had like these text file html websites and then you had like Dreamweaver kind of these other guys and then now you have like WordPress that's like just a click and install I guess kind of like an e-commerce has been lagging that by like almost like a decade right is that what you've seen too or yeah and you know I think I think you're right there there are a lot of out-of-the-box solutions to solve a lot of issues like like a WordPress for example where installing it is is just a few clicks and and then you have a site that's up and running and I think Magento is is very similar in that in in a certain sense because it does have a very very fast and easy spinning up process where you can just deploy the software the challenge is that e-commerce is quite different than content it's it's very elaborate in in that the the payment requirements for a merchant have to those requirements have to be satisfied outside of the software. So a merchant has to 
call up their bank or they have to apply for an internet merchant gateway account. They have to go through that approval. They have to procure that and make sure that that's going to be compatible with the e-commerce platform that they're intending on using or vice versa. They can pick the platform and then go out and shop for the internet merchant payment gateway. But there are quite a few offline steps involved that have to take place to run a successful e-commerce online storefront. So those steps make Magento a little more complicated or, you know, e-commerce in general as a little more of a complicated endeavor. Yeah. When you compare it to like some blog that sells a training course, that's a PDF, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a different ballgame. Absolutely. In that sense, it is there. There are very different ball games, And so with them, with a Magento, there really have to be justifiable business requirements that that have to be met like maybe a customer or maybe it's an online merchant needs to be able to send a, a specific product to multiple addresses and that merchant may have to may have to ask well if i build this myself how much time energy and cost will there be if i if i build this solution using something simple or compared to the the alternative which is you know, implementing something like Magento that has that functionality um, baked into it, but will require additional effort in configuring and then making sure that it's it's functioning properly. Yeah. So, so I'm getting what you're saying is that you know you either get it right the first time, you know, you figure out all the functions you want down the road, and you just go with Magento, or what some people do is you can go with like a hosted platform and then change down the line too. Absolutely. You know, it, it really depends on the business needs. So if, if there are budgetary constraints, which there always are, or if there are time factors that, that mean we have to go live and get something up and running and it has to be done in a short amount of time, maybe a hosted solution would be an answer. And, and Magento Go has is a hosted solution. Magento has a hosted solution called Magento Go, and, and that's an option. But when the online business grows beyond the hosted solution or their business needs that that the hosted solution just can't satisfy, then it's time to consider a custom solution or something something else that satisfies those needs. And we've we found Magenta to be probably the the most the most efficient, affordable platform for the market that we're in. Mm-hmm. I see. And so when did Magento become the platform of choice for mostly like these kind of small, medium enterprises and larger corporations? It's hard to pinpoint an exact time, but it started happening once Magento went into release its production application 1.0. Since the 1.0 release in 2008 has has been growing like wildfire. The term Magento has been Googled more often than the term e-commerce. The people out there that that hear about Magento, hear about how flexible it is and how powerful it is, have been kind of propagating the, the frenzy. And so Magento has grown in popularity. The platform's so flexible that it just widens the target audience of users that can actually roll out their online store onto Magento. And that ranges from from hobbyists to small businesses, medium-sized businesses, as well as enterprises that may have many properties and that can use Magento's flexible um, multiple store implementation um, very nicely with low, you know, with the low cost of implementation and, and low cost of ownership. It's interesting, like the analogy that comes to my mind, you know, just 
off the bat is I guess like you know the hosted solutions, uh, Shopify, big commerce are kind of like that's like a Toyota I guess like you know your standard car that gets you around. But you know if you really want to do everything, you know I guess Magento is like a Land Rover, right? It can kind of do everything and yeah, anything that's, you want to. I totally agree. That's that's a great analogy. And, and while a Toyota is a, is a really good car and very very stable and reliable, you may not be able to take it off-roading or you you may not be able to to take it or you know bring the people that you need to but yeah magento will be able to um, handle a lot of requirements that maybe a hosted solution can't mm-hmm. and so for someone you know that has that's thinking about starting out you know maybe they have some cash on the side and they're thinking about which platform to think either to go magento or go hosted like what advice would you have for them in terms of the process they should go through in choosing a solution that's a great question i think the first thing to consider when considering a platform is the business itself what are the business's needs what do we have to sell online how many variations are there in the product catalog does a, pr- a flexible product catalog uh, mean that we're going to be able to sell more product or is it just something that's nice to have? So the best way to start would be to list the, the requirements of the online store and then prioritize those requirements. And while shopping around for, for e-commerce platforms, look at the top priorities and find out which of those platforms sa- satisfy those top priorities. And then it just makes the process very easy. So if a hosted solution satisfies most of the priorities, you know, a Magento may satisfy all of them. It just becomes a matter of time and money, whether the the requirements that are not met by that hosted solution are worth it. And so once that decision is made, it, it becomes pretty easy to, to determine whether it's a Magento implementation with many customizations or a Magento implementations with fewer customizations. I see. Because I guess a lot of people would think, okay, I'm going to choose this cart and I'm going to customize it on the back and figure out what I want. Right? And that's, that's not the right way to go. challenge with that approach is that you may go pretty far down a road that you can't come back from or there you can spend a lot of time and energy only to find out that there was something critical that was missing. So it's always important to start with the requirements and understand those up front and then shop around. To use an analogy, it's like writing a grocery list and then going to the store with that list to just help make that shopping experience very quick and easy. Yeah, instead of wandering around and ending up buying junk food that you don't want to eat anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've done that myself. So I, I know that I know, I know both both can happen. So definitely writing the list is, is gonna is gonna help. But um, we we do we do love chunk food. Interesting. All right. So let's go into your kind of process at uh, Imagine again. So you know, you guys work with Disney, HP, you know, Toyota, these really big companies. So how do they approach e commerce when you know, they come to you? Because I'm sure, you know, they have their marketing team, their branding team, you know, their products team, everyone kind of wants to get involved with the whole process. Right? Those are large projects so there are a lot of stakeholders involved and every segment or every piece of the project has a a domain expert they play unique roles and then our role would be very specific as far as the e-commerce implementation goes so larger businesses will have their own requirements and we would have to create the you know work with them to create e-commerce specific requirements 
and figure that piece of the project out. A lot of the requirements have to be discovered by us. So our process really starts with discovery and that's writing the requirements for the software project. Similar to how um, a contractor or a home, you know, someone who's about to build a home would, would start with an architect and then ask the architect to write the blueprints. Those blueprints have to be created first before any ground is broken. So that may mean software requirements or that may mean design requirements or both. And we start with those requirements. Once those requirements are completed, then we understand the scope of the project. Then we can create a production schedule and assign team members to different pieces of the project and then start building. Because it sounds like, you know, they're still trying to figure it out, at least initially, right? They're kind of have an idea what to do. You guys have a lot of back and forth proposals. They have to circulate internally. And then finally, you guys get a blueprint to go ahead with, right? I'm sure that's a really long process with the companies like that. Absolutely. It can be very long. And we found that the more work we do up front, the smoother the project goes, the more efficient the project is. Uh, and it's really important to spend that time up front. But yeah, with the, the larger the company, the more time it takes because the most important thing are the decisions. When we come up with questions, those questions have to be answered. And, and that process can be longer than with maybe a smaller company or smaller business. Yeah, interesting, interesting. All right, and so what are some of like the kind of best sales and marketing practices have you seen across these different brands? Kind of like, do you have like the top three things that are working really well for them? Yeah, there, there are a few things that are working really well. W one is a good use of large images um, for products because customers are very visual. So having really good product imagery that can be zoomed in on and explored by customers is very powerful. One of the sites that does a really amazing job of that is braven.com. That's B-R-A-V-E-N.com. Another good best practice is having a community, you know, grunt.com, an online store by Sergeant Grit. It's named the name of the online store, Sergeant Grit. They have a very strong community following of their customer base and they, they communicate with each other. They talk about products, but mostly they talk about non-product related topics that builds a repeat customer base and customer loyalty. It's interesting that you bring that up because I was having this discussion with a buddy of mine the other day where kind of when the internet first came out, you had Amazon and eBay, which are still big, right? But there are platforms where you go search for products. And then kind of then you had these faceless e-commerce stores, I guess kind of like Newegg or, you know, these sites where you just buy something and you never go there again. And then now you're seeing where these 3.0 stores kind of are really built around the community and experience. So for example, what I was talking about, uh, my buddy is a partner of a store called Boom by Cindy Joseph, and they make uh, organic skincare products for a woman in like the late 40s and, and older. So basically they're united by this experience. And it kind of really resonates with their brand because their spokesperson is this, you know, a woman that was discovered as a model when she was like 40 and then she became a supermodel for the next 10, 15 years. And she's like the icon uh, for the whole brand. Wow. The, yeah. And that's that that can be so powerful. I can I can see how that would just work so well for for an e-commerce brand, because that that brand loyalty and social proof is so strong. And because now we can connect with anyone we're looking out for, right? Whether it's the same interests, passions, or hobby groups too. So I think that's kind of the 
next generation of where stores are going to, I guess. I agree. I totally agree. And so uh, you talked about uh, product pictures earlier and you talked about zooming in. So I understand there's a different type. There's a few types of zooming in. Like there's some where you scroll your mouse over and then it zooms in. And there's some you have to like click and then you can like, you know, kind of turn the image in a 3D sense fashion. Like, have you found any type that works better? Or? Again, it goes back to the requirements. I mean, 360 degree image rotation requires a lot more of an investment so depending on the on the e-commerce budget you know 360 degree imagery is is the way to go and that's great very powerful you know product video is even more powerful so if you have video of the product it goes a very long way yeah. and so for product video you know because everyone's everyone's online and they know you know, it's a real person behind a computer. I mean, are people expecting, you know, iPhone quality video where it looks really real and not faked or like, you know, high-end production, kind of like an infomercial type of the product? Have you found anyone to work better? Or Definitely the higher the video quality, the better it is for the buying experience. But we've also found that any video is is helpful. You know, we're a generation of of YouTube viewers. We love video, we love viral video, and having a video that may not be, you know, it may not be studio quality, and it may not have, you know, DreamWorks style special effects. Just having video is a really big deal for, for e-commerce. And entry level or something that is animated and is a video, maybe with a customer testimonial, goes a really long way. For those aspirational brands having professionally edited videos is a great, great goal. But starting out, I think that having any video as an option for customers is is a really good, good way to go. I think uh, Amazon did a really impressive job through one of their um, daughter companies, uh, My Habit. And they, they had amazing product video where the product models would actually animate once you roll over the video itself or the page would load and instead of seeing a static image you would actually see a, a model twirling in the you know demonstrating the clothing that they're wearing and it's very powerful yeah i mean as long as it's not a blair witch quality right <laughs> exactly you are exactly right <laughs> yeah because because i get the feeling that you know we grew up kind of with mtv earlier too and you remember how they had like cribs where you had these celebrities showing behind the scenes things of like their houses or kind of like in the movie you have behind the scenes documentaries like i think that's what a lot of people are looking for when they buy online too like if it's a small boutique business you know what happens you know how is this product made what's the story behind it and you know who are even the owners do they even have pictures on there and you know and <laughs> You're so right. That's that information, that level of intimacy goes a long way with customers. Exactly. I just think some people still are stuck in the mindset where I have to pretend I'm some company bigger than I am when really I think, you know, when you're just real showing that, you know, hey, you know, we're just a couple, you know, making these quilts, you know, in our backyard. You know, I think it comes off more real and I think it resonates with, you know, the modern shopper now much more. I think you're I think you're totally right because people do like to see that authenticity in the brands that they that they like and it becomes a differentiating factor you know makes the brand unique so having that kind of insider view on on the company and and how they make their product and as you know rudimentary or unrefined as it as it may be it still goes a long way with connecting with customers that that you may have never met before but 
by you know going online and with video and those that kind of information goes goes a really long way yeah whereas you compare it to amazon where you kind of you just you know add everything to your cart and then you know you ship it and well one click and you know that's it <laughs> yeah that's right and since some smaller businesses don't have the luxury of being the leader in in price like amazon does so it makes it a challenge so the smaller brands do have to get creative and they do have to you know, appeal to their customer base quite uniquely. We, we, one of our merchant partners, Tokidoki, their site, tokidoki.it has, you know, amazing design, amazing design, amazing products. And they have a really, really a dedicated fan base. They have this tradition, which is called Tattoo Tuesdays. And their customers will literally tattoo the design from the brand onto their skin. And they post the, those images on Facebook, and it's an it's an event. So they really have a pretty deep connection with their customers, and their customers love the the, the design so much that they're 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 tattooing themselves with it. These are permanent tattoos or attempts. These are real life, <laughs> bona fide permanent tattoos with ink in the skin. Wow, that is yeah. hard. That's that's talk about branding. That's hardcore customer loyalty. <laughs> that seriously is. I mean. They're, they are branded, and, and in, in this case, the, the customers are branded, but they love the, the design so much. The Tokidoki brand is so unique, and customers have connected it with on such a deep level that they, you know, they feel comfortable um, you know, put, putting it on their bodies permanently. And you're talking about the logo that's the heart and the crossbones. Right? Yeah, and that's one of, that's one of, their, um, one of their, their designs. And they have many designs. They have many characters that their, custom, that their fan base have fallen in love with. And there are just so many different variations that, that, you know, if you check their Facebook page on Tuesdays, you'll see, you'll see what I'm talking about. Actually today, you know, you can check it today. Today's Tuesday. Yeah. At the time we're recording this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Wow. You're right. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. So people are tattooing like the characters they design or with some words and. Wow, that is talk about yeah. This is, doesn't yeah. Free advertising doesn't come better than this, I guess. <laughs> exactly, and they just they love the they love the design so much. Yeah, and talk about you know lifetime value of a customer, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, all, right. all right, so let's not get off track here. So you know we're talking about uh, kind of the best tips you have. So one was images, and what kind of what are two more that you have? Two more, um, you know, we we mentioned product video. We mentioned large images, um, promotional messaging. So if you visit simplybridal.com, they, they make really good use of promotional messaging. They help customers understand depth of the promotion, the percentage of the discount, and competitive um, pricing options. So if you were to buy something comparable at a retail location, it would cost this based on their their own research. Because these brought because yeah, it's usually marked up. You know, who knows how many times from the actual cost of manufacture. Absolutely, absolutely. It's interesting. I'm at their website now. You know, like what we just said, they have a product video or they have like an intro video, and then right next to it, you have this kind of one line USP in 20 words that says, you know, 98% of our brides report loving their discount wedding gowns, and it's like, whoa, I gotta, I gotta look more into this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're they're very they're piquing your the customer's curiosity and it's very effective and and they do have really competitive pricing so uh, they have to be very clear about the messaging so if if an e-commerce 
storefront does offer competitive pricing or if that's one of their differentiating factors, it's important to help the customer understand how is it so affordable, why is it so affordable, and then we can enter into some um, consumer confidence issues that have to be resolved before before the customer feels confident in, in placing an order. Yeah, because their issue is that you know, while it's price competitive, you don't want it to give off the cheap image, right? Because I think no no bride wants to, you know, I mean, they, they want their wedding to be special, obviously, but they don't, it's like a mental yeah. kind of game, I guess. You have to play. When yeah, absolutely. Nobody, nobody wants anything cheap. If it's affordable, that's great. But nobody wants something that's cheap. And, and, and that's especially a true of brides. Yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is they want it to be of great value. That's what I'm looking for. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. All right. And so let's kind of change gears a little bit. So, you know, what are some things that uh, kind of like the solo e-commerce preneur can learn from some of the big clients that you work with? Like, is there any systems or processes type of things that, you know, you really see these big guys doing very well that someone just starting out or kind of new into the game can pick up? There are a lot of things that a smaller business or micro business can do to learn from some of the bigger players. One step is optimizing the back office workflow when fulfilling orders from an e-commerce storefront. Um, There are many great options out there. Some of the bigger organizations will have more demanding requirements, so they'll go with an ERP system that will just be too much for a smaller business or or a solo business. So um, good options for optimizing the back office process is a service called Shipworks. They plug right into Magento. It's a very, very simple integration. But what they do is they automate the process of printing shipping labels. That's something that an e-commerce storefront may or may not handle, which is the you know printing of the shipping labels. So with Shipworks, they you know create a complete integration with with the Magento storefront, and then they download the shipping the shipping information into their system so that merchant can fulfill an order by just clicking a couple of buttons and then printing a label, peeling it off of the um, the wax paper and then sticking it on the box. And then Shipworks handles the updating of the order with a tracking number all automatically so that customer gets an email saying, thank you for your order. Your order has been shipped. This is a link to your tracking number. And then customers can click that link and it can open up a window that is fully integrated with UPS, U.S. Postal Service, uh, FedEx, and a few other uh, shipping carriers to show that the tracking st- status. So, so it's the process of instead of like you know getting your customer orders into an Excel, printing in an envelope, and then taking it to like a UPS store, and then getting a rate, and then slapping it on, paying the postage, and then shipping it. Whereas, kind of, it just takes care of the back end, and then you just print it out, and then slap it on the box, and that's it, right? That's it. It's that easy. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's amazing the tools that we, everyone has now just to start a business. Like, it just blows my mind when I hear stuff like this. Yeah, technology. Yeah, I think so, it only gets easier and easier, right? Because I guess, you know, you have one side where it's disrupting kind of like your, maybe your traditional post office, but on the other side, you know, everyone has access to these tools now. Absolutely. And it's very, very efficient. It's now taken the time and cost out of the fulfillment and allowing the entrepreneur to focus on things that are just going to be a lot more effective for the business and growing the business. You know, I, I guess anyone can really compete with anyone now that you're online. It's just a matter of scale and how you're 
back end is set up too, right? Because because I'm sure you know with this process, something like Shipworks, you know, your fulfillment probably that it would take maybe like you know like a few hours in a day is just like a few minutes now. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so we're talking about a little bit about the back end fulfillment. So you know we have Shipworks. Is there any uh, other software you would recommend? Yes, Shipworks is a really good one. That's the one that we use the most and we feel most comfortable with. There are other. Uh, shipping softwares that are available from the carriers themselves, but they don't offer as much of a close integration with the e-commerce package. So um, UPS WorldShip has a shipping software that is that you can connect with your e-commerce storefront. It just requires a lot more work. Stamps.com is also another service. It's really good. Um, Stamps.com actually has a really good interface to Magento as well, but it's really, you know, fo- its primary focus is United States Postal Service. And so let's kind of move into a little bit, I guess, a little about analytics, because I guess this is kind of a big kind of sore spot for a lot of solopreneurs. And so are, are you pretty involved with how kind of these big companies approach their conversion funnels and kind of how they optimize it and stuff like that? Yeah, so the anal- on the analytics side, it's really become a science. It's very, it's very, um, you know, it's very complex for someone that hasn't done it before myself included sitting down and working through analytics is not trivial and it is a very it's a very valuable exercise and we work with our team and our experts to really sit down take a real holistic view at the um, analytics in general and we use google analytics just by by default there are more advanced analytics uh, from from different online marketing companies like tracking pixels that we install and and work with those companies. But um, when you're small starting out, it's really good to just watch the Google Analytics, read some tutorials, learn from what your customers are doing, you know, including customer review, customer feedback tools on the website to gather some initial data is also helpful, as well as implementing some user tests, maybe from usertesting.com. Uh, to ask an unbiased sample of people for their opinion on how easy is it to check out and what are your what are the hangups what are the problems um, but we also analyze heat maps on the on the purchase path so if we see customers clicking on on links that we really don't want them clicking on or we find that after we deploy a, an A/B test, we see certain improvements in the purchase path or, or click-through rate. Then take note of that and implement that solution or, or more solutions like that to optimize the conversion rates. Yeah, because it seems like when you just start analytics, there's so much data to track that you can get lost in all these numbers, and you know, you kind of like, oh, where do I start? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it's very overwhelming. It is very overwhelming. Yeah, and so do these big guys have teams that just do analytics, or do they have like an agency like you guys take care of it for them? Usually, they're so they're both. A lot of businesses will will have their own e-commerce analytics departments, depending on how big they are, and then they'll also work with agencies, which is actually more common. Agencies that really focus on analytics and search engine marketing, they will not only implement the the tracking pixels and set up the uh, the funnels. But they'll also make recommendations on page layouts or different buttons, test the approach, and then they'll track results and measure measure those results based on key performance indicators like average order value, conversion rates, and general revenue. Mm-hmm. And so, kind of a side question here, like you know, for these bigger brands, you know, what's their average conversion rate? If you know this by any chance, it it really varies by vertical and it varies by category. So the more 
the more targeted your traffic is, the higher your conversion rate is going to be. So if you're getting less quantity of traffic, but it's very targeted, you're getting traffic from related websites that have content that that is really relevant to your product, that conversion rate may be exceptionally high. And how, how, how high would that be? Because I think industry is like, what, 1% to 2% standard or mm-hmm. something like that? I yeah, mean, that's... That's right. Yeah. And, so, and some some online stores can get 5%, 10%, 15% conversion rate. 15. Wow. 15. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. But but the but the fact is that the traffic is very targeted. So usually it's not the case where they're they're paying or making a big investment in driving traffic to the site because once that once the focus is to driving traffic, naturally you're, you're going to receive traffic that's less targeted, like maybe a user that's researching something or gathering prices or looking for cool images and that kind of traffic, very, very untargeted and will not re- result in conversion, therefore lowering your, your conversion rate. But the quantity grows. So as long as that, that equation of the quantity of traffic and the conversion rate is making sense, then it makes sense to scale the traffic. But a lot of businesses that do grow organically or virally, well, they will have a lot of targeted traffic and they'll have higher conversion rates. Once they start you know, investing in paid traffic, they'll see those, those numbers shift. Yeah, I think it's like the analogy where, you know, would you rather go to a crowded room with a thousand people and you can go on stage, you know, talk about your business, hand up business cards, or would you rather you know, have someone give you an envelope with a hundred people that really want to buy you know, your product and you can just, you know, not go on stage and have this envelope and you can reach out to them afterwards, right? It's kind of <laughs> the whole targeting thing like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that based on how how the product is priced and what the product is, or if it's a service, you know, the latter approach may make sense. And for an agency business like ourselves, you know, we take that the latter approach where it's very targeted and you know our customers, we qualify our customers and they while they're qualifying us. So we have to find out if it's a fit versus selling a consumable product or something that has a maybe many orders per day are taking place. It makes sense to try to get that thousand people in the room because your conversion rates may maybe going to be one to three percent or even five percent. Then it makes sense to just add more as many people as you can to the room. Yeah, and I think for you guys in big companies, there's a lot more on the table than a guy running it out of a garage, right? Because I think I'm sure the contract you guys are working at are a lot bigger than your average size. So you know, everyone wants to make sure they're working with the right person. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah. All right. And so let's kind of change gears a little bit again. So, you know, are these big brands really implementing, you know, embracing mobile shopping from what you've seen? Or is it still kind of like a out in the future type of thing? Mobile shopping is here. It's getting bigger every day. I mean, the numbers from today are definitely bigger than yesterday's numbers. And it varies. I mean, larger companies are experiencing it, but also growing brands are experiencing it even more because as brands are growing online, they're seeing that the traffic share is growing for mobile. Some of our merchant partners are reporting 30% traffic from mobile devices. That may include tablets and uh, smartphones, but boy, I. 30% 30% is a pretty large amount of traffic. It's very important to, to support that traffic with, with a mobile optimized site because 
you know, customers want the store to load up quickly. They want to be able to buy on their device and they're ready to buy if they're browsing the site. So the question is, can can the merchant support that purchase? Yes. Yeah, so I have this theory with mobile. I don't know if you know, kind of let me know your thoughts. So I think this, the cell phone, like your iPhone, is great for when you're in a store and you want to look for reviews and you quickly just, you know, go on your Safari and you type, you know, this product review while you're walking around the store. And then I guess the tablet is if you're at home and you actually really want to buy something, you would actually buy on the tablet versus on like the iPhone. Do you kind of, do you agree with that or? Yeah, and I think that's both of those cases are very applicable. Different customers for different products will respond differently. So a customer maybe doing some comparison shopping on their phone, there's a chance, there's a pretty good chance that they can place the order. Uh, Amazon has a pretty phenomenal one-click checkout feature from the phone, which makes buying from the phone so easy that, you know, makes the customer think, well, well, maybe, maybe it's easier to buy it from the phone than on the computer. And, you know, cause American consumers are definitely interested in the instant gratification. So if they can, if we can support them in making their purchase happen, whether it's the phone or the tablet, both are considered mobile traffic that the online store does have to consider when they when they implement their their online store. Yeah, interesting. And so, you know, when you guys are helping clients design a mobile uh, kind of uh, design, like, is it is it a pretty easy process once you have a store running, or do you have to build it up from the ground up uh, to get this going? So, what we've seen a lot of lately is responsive design. Responsive design is huge right now. And we actually wrote a white paper on the subject of responsive design and Magento. Responsive design is is a site that has been designed and implemented to dynamically rearrange itself based on the, the visitor's screen resolution. So if the screen resolution is very small, like a like a smartphone, then the site will appear a lot differently with bigger tabs, less content, larger font, and bigger buttons. But if the customer is visiting the site from a tablet, there's a little more better use of real estate on the tablet device. So the buttons are still big, but there's a little more content. The fonts are still a bit larger. Uh, and in the same website, the same URL, the customer can visit to, from their desktop to see a standard HTML5 website with with all of the detail. And they don't have to be redirected to a different domain like m.domain.com or mobile.domain.com. They'll stay at the same URL. They'll get the benefits of the SEO from from Google by having that one domain without having to redirect to to different different sites. And another benefit is that the content management team only has to manage content in one place, in one system, without worrying about multiple websites. I see. So instead of making a whole new kind of platform for mobile, it just kind of moves itself around. And I've seen this on my phone where I think like the menu bar becomes like a drop down and then on an iPad, it's back to original, but you can't scroll as much. And it's kind of interesting how it works. Like I know when I see it, but I don't don't know how it works in the back end. So (laughs) yeah. And that's the beauty of, of good design and development. So if development is done properly, none of that will have to be dealt with by you know the, the consumer 
or the the online merchant. They won't have to deal with those uh, discrepancies. They just have to worry about adding the content, managing the content, and then saving it, making it available for customers. So, you know, sometimes on the internet, you still see these e-commerce stores that are like, you know, from the 1990s, like real, real dinosaur websites. I mean, these guys, they can't go responsive, right? They need to upgrade their whole infrastructure first, right? Or how does that work out? Yeah, generally the older sites will have not only design issues that need to be resolved, but also infrastructure issues. Maybe the software is outdated and it needs to integrate with another software that maybe may have more demands, then it makes sense to just replatform the entire system. And a lot of and a lot of issues come from those older systems not being able to dynamically cater to the marketing team's requirements like customer segmenting or dynamic promotional messaging. So Magento has a lot of those features built in where where content administrator can define a customer segment and then create a banner and then tell the system to show that banner for specific customers that may have made purchases over a fixed dollar amount in the last six months, then show that customer as a certain banner. With the older systems, we're hearing a lot of growing businesses complaining that you know every time they want to make a change they have to call a developer and their their high information technology costs that come with managing and maintaining that old online store so it becomes a cost saving exercise to bring that old store onto a new platform bring the data over but then rebuild it with a new platform like a Magento. Yeah, kind of for you're thinking for the next, you know, 10, 15 years on a more modern platform than kind of like driving like an old, you know, 20 year old car that's kind of not getting by anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then ma- the cost of maintenance is high. The, the efficiency and the return is very low. So that's a great analogy. Yeah, interesting. All right. And so, you know, let's just wrap things up a little bit here. So, you know, for the kind of solo micro business e-commerce entrepreneur, I mean, do you have any words of wisdom for them as we wrap up, you know, from what you've seen working with guys like Disney, HP, you know, Toyota and all these big brands? Yeah, absolutely. You look for look for solutions that will achieve your most critical business goals and build in phases. So take take incremental steps to growing your business. Um, the first and foremost thing is generating generating revenue. So if you can live with something with a smaller investment that will help your business get some moment, momentum, that's a great decision. And then once the revenue is there, it can be reinvested into a, a, a stronger platform that has more features, that has more more efficiency. Uh, look for good solutions out there that are, have already been created and be flexible, as flexible as you can with your business requirements. So if minor, minor changes to your business process will mean that you can use maybe a, a software that's already been built to solve the problem, that makes a lot of sense to, to take that path. You know, growing a business is, is an exciting activity. You always want to have enough momentum to be able to take, take the business to the next step. So focus on revenue in the beginning and, and be flexible with the business process, as flexible as, as, as you can be. Awesome. All right, Andy. And so where can we find you online if we're looking to connect with you? If you're looking to connect with me, come visit our website at imaginetech.com. That's E-Y-E-M-A-G-I-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. And we are very, very prominent in Magento forums and different avenues of searching for us. So if you're searching Google, search for I Imagine and we'll be there. 
To get more information about running an online store, visit our website at buildmyonlinestore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build My Online Store podcast.